Coaches, this is Coach Kevin Furtado of Championship Vision. Welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. Today is episode 51, and today I'm really, really glad. I love I love introducing coaches um, from different states, and we got we got a fabulous coach here, Coach Audrey Taylor, uh, head head girls coach at Franklin High School in Somerset, New Jersey. Coach, <clears throat> coach Taylor, after nine years of coaching Franklin, Audrey Taylor's teams put it all together in perhaps the greatest girls basketball team, uh, season in state history. The Warriors were a third team to have an undefeated record in New Jersey history, the most wins of any undefeated team and a Tournament of Champions victory. The team has now three Tournament of Champion appearances in a row. After going 12-17 and Taylor's first season, the team has progressively improved, and after going 14-10 and four years ago, Franklin has gone 85-15 and since. We carried the standard to be tough, defend, and play with your heart. And with passion, Taylor said, a lot of my kids thrive off of my energy. So I would think that I set the standard and it was a winning standard. And based on the things that we were going to do, we were going to defend, we were going to rebound the ball, and we were going to be aggressive on offense. She did this while working through the death of her mom who died during the season. Taylor said of the empathy and love of her players helped her move through it. They see me strong for so long, they were finally able to give that back to me. They kept me smiling, kept me encouraged, and honestly, it just felt good to be around them, she said. I give the credit to them and just the kids that they are. Through all that, the team never lost, dismantling opponents with a well-rounded cast led by McDonald's All-American Diamond Miller. Taylor helped her players mature on and off the court as they proved themselves as one of the best teams in the country. She was voted 2019 USA Today National High School Girls Basketball Coach of the Year. And that's an amazing accomplishment. Coaches, let's welcome Coach Audrey Taylor. Coaches, here are some of Coach Audrey Taylor's accomplishments. She was 2019 USA Today All-USA Coach of the Year. 2019 ranked number 12 nationally USA Today Super 25. 2017 2019 ranked number one in the state of New Jersey. In 2019, undefeated season 34 0. In 2017 2019, the Jersey Tournament of Champions State Champions. Also, two time Somerset County Champions back to back. 2017-2019, four times Group 4 state champions. 2015-2019, four times Group 4 sectional champions. From 2014-2019, 2017, New Jersey Doc Star Ledger Coach of the Year. 2017, USA Today Coach of the Year. 2014 and 2017, Franklin High School Coach of the Year, 2014-2017. And the Courier News Basketball Coach of the Year, Somerset County, 2016-2017. Also, the Skyland Conference Coach of the Year, 2016-2017. Coach Taylor. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing good. That's great. Hey, um... Hey, we're we're low tech here on my podcast. I just want to tell you, that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but welcome, man. I'm so excited to be uh, 
to be interviewing you and so forth. So welcome, uh, welcome to our podcast. I appreciate it. Um, it's it's pretty cool to be a part of it. Uh, when did you start this? How's, how did you get to doing the podcast? Well, um, I kind of, I love podcasts. I listen to, I, I live an hour from where I work and uh, I just listen to podcasts and I, I just listen to so many great coaches like yourself. I, you know, I, you know, I, I don't know how many things I've learned just over the years and so forth. I said, you know what? I would love to do that. So I, I'm crazy. I contact coaches from all over the place. <laughs> and uh, so it, it's, it's, it's great fun. But uh, I spoke to Jeff Jasper mm-hmm. and Jeff said, man, you got to talk to Coach Taylor over at Franklin. So he was. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a great coach. Um, and I learned so much from him. But talk about consistency over 45 years. Uh, oh, but what, what do you think about Jeff? Just give me a little little quote about Jeff. Uh, one, just the, the the fact that he stayed committed to. Um, coaching for the amount of years. Um, I know the amount of time and hours that goes into it. Um, so yes. um, for me, it's, it's, it's just a, a sense of gratitude um, to have someone um, be able to commit to something like that. Uh, I think he's a phenomenal coach, um, what he's done with his program and continues to do with his program. And not even that, the amount of girls that he has that comes out every single year, um, the consistency that he's created, um, you know, I would say he's a New Jersey legend without a doubt. Yeah, and you're and you're following right in that line, right? Because you're establishing a great program out there. I read a lot about you. Um, but what I do with my podcast, I I interview mostly high school coaches, okay. coaches that have made a big impact on um, their sport and their profession. And you definitely have really over a short period of time, coach. Tell us about your journey and you know, why do you coach? I mean, cause I know you've done a lot of great things in the community where you're at. Tell us about your journey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I was in, in high school, I was, I was considered to be um, an elite level player. Um, I just didn't have the focus that I should have had um, outside of basketball. Um, during that time, um, I went to a very, very small school in South river, New Jersey. And um, there were, you know, some luxuries that kind of came with being a, a star and, and people knowing you. Um, and uh, I just didn't stay focused on the schoolwork. And as I, as I went through school and, and I, uh, my high school coach, um, Carrie Corvino at the time, um, would always push me and, and, and you know, kind of get me focused. And I started to really get it in my junior and senior year. And it was kind of a late catching on to that. So you know how that goes with the SATs and the GPA and all that good stuff. Um, it kind of messed up my, my future for, for, hello? Coach, continue I'm, on, continue I'm, on. Yeah. I'm not sure where I even <laughs> left or how it stopped. I don't know how this thing works. <laughs> no problem. I always go back and edit everything and so forth. So I, but uh, just kind of continue on with your story. You mentioned about, yeah, I don't say uh, your high school. Yeah, well, your your high school and um, your grades and everything. You kind of um, kind of feel behind a little bit, and you had a good mentor to to help you. Right, right. Okay, so um, after I got things finally matched up where I needed to be as far as the GPA and SAT, 
um, at that point, um, I had signed the temple. And um, within the springtime, early spring, I got a phone call from the coach telling me that she was leaving and she was going somewhere else and that I had an option to either continue um, with going to temple with my scholarship or I could, you know, um, leave there and, and have an option out to go somewhere else. Um, during that time, Mammoth had stayed in contact with me. I got really close to the, the assistant coach and uh, a friend of mine who I played AAU ball decided to go to Monmouth and it was like, all right, perfect. It's, it's not too far. Um, so I decided to, to sign with Monmouth, went to play there, um, had, a, had a really good career. Um, and, and after I graduated, I kind of wanted a break um, from basketball because I was going to do the overseas thing and um, my grandmother was sick and I wanted to take care of my grandmother. Um, so I was very conflicted with, with continuing with basketball. So I took a little break from it. Um, after I took a little break, uh, I went away. Uh, I met someone at a new job who had a daughter who played basketball <clears throat> and she asked me if I would train her. Uh, so I said, sure. What the heck? I mean, I've played for a while. Um, I don't see it being a problem. The girl ends up actually getting a lot better. I end up enjoying it. And then the bug hit me. It was like, I think I got to go back to my game. Um, I got to go back to the game I love. It's been so great to me all these years. Um, I can't turn my back now. So I end up coming back to New Jersey and linking up with my old coach from Monmouth, who was Lynn Ust. Um, she had played at Rutgers, um, and now she was coaching at Cardinal McCarrick. Uh, and she allowed me to come on and, and as a volunteer and help. And uh, watching her and being around the girls and teaching the girls, um, I, I, at that point, I was in love with it but I was so adamant that I was not going to be a head coach. Um, I just felt like there was just so much to deal with and planning and, and parents. Um, so I just kind of wanted to be behind the scenes and just be skilled development. And uh, a friend of mine who also lived in the area where Cardin McCarrick was in South Amboy uh, coached that Roselle and she needed a JV coach. So she was like, well, just come over, you know, you get paid for it. End up going there and learn so much from her as well. And um, after she left and decided to become an AD, um, I, I went into skill development training. I was doing camps and clinics and um, private trainings and all that other stuff and uh, working as a web developer. And I want to say it was maybe around October, I get a phone call from her. I think it was like 2010 when I started. And she said, um, you wouldn't believe this, but my, my high school coach, basketball coach just quit on me and I don't know what to do. The season's getting ready to start. And she asked me if I had Kristen Samoji's phone number and everybody knows Kristen Samoji in New Jersey. We played down, you know, um, down the shore. So I was like, absolutely. I'll, I'll get the number for you. I get off the phone and I sit in my office and I'm thinking, well, what if I gave it a shot? So I call her back and we start talking. I said, look, I know I work, but maybe I could talk to my, my boss. Would you work with me with hours and all that good stuff? And um, she said yes. And she thought it would be awesome. She believed in me. And I came in and had some girls who just really needed someone that cared. Um, it was just so much talent in Franklin. Um, and they were eager and they wanted to learn. And it was just like, the right time, uh, the right set of kids, and me having that attitude of wanting to do something 
and make an impact. And after that, it just was, was, was all good. I, I can't complain. Basketball has been amazing to me. Um, I love the game for more than just playing it. I love it for what it does for you as a person, how it, how it builds you as builds your character. It, it helps you with so many different things. And I wanted to give that back um, to my girls and, and to whoever else I could. Um, so that's kind of how and why I coach. I love the game, but I love the impact of the game. And I love to be able to see the growth of the girls, not only on the court, but off the court, and then see them go on further and know that, you know, at some point I was a part of their journey. And, and that's, that's the fulfilling part for me is, is seeing the success of my girls um, and seeing them grow. Yeah, it's amazing how you got that opportunity. I mean, you ever think about that, how um, every coach I talk to, it's, it's almost like they go into it. You're, you weren't – it sounds like to me, Coach, you were not going, hey, I want to be a head coach. I, you had that big ego and so forth. It sounds like you were just ready to uh, – you had no expectations. You were just there to help the kids. You have, to me, it looks like you had the right attitude going in. And don't you feel like your skills training – has made you, despite trying to go in there and develop players, has really helped you now? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it made me pay attention to the, to the details. Um, it also made me realize how important um, having skill development within your, your team practices and um, how important it was. Because um, without the right. skill, the, you know, the kids can't perform. Without the skill, the, the, the kids are not confident. So absolutely, I think it. I think it helped me with my with my focus, without a doubt. Yes, and I have uh, matter of fact, uh, just a little story that kind of help you connect with me a little bit. I have a um, a former player that I coached at another school. She now just graduated, and um, I'm trying to hire her here. It says how old I'm getting. When I'm trying <laughs> to hire my former players coach, um, but she comes in. She reminds you know what she she reminds me and sounds like you because um, she says, Coach, I you know I don't want to coach and so forth. You know I just I just want you know I love the I love the game, but then I had her go out there because I knew what type of character she had. Great character. She was a she was a type of kid coach that the other girls were so attracted. She had great leadership skills, mm-hmm. and I told her a long time ago. I says, Shoby, when you graduate, contact me because I want you to coach with me. And now that opportunity has come about. But she was working with a kid of mine yesterday who was very good. She's outstanding player. I just let her work with her, man. And they had they they built that great bond within about 30 minutes. And I said, oh, man, she, awesome. you know what I'm saying? I mean, and it sounds kind of yeah. like your story a little bit where that one-on-one relationships, you just kind of learn how to bond with kids, didn't you? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. The communication with kids, the understanding of their frustrations, um, you know, not and, and, and allowing them to to kind of talk their way through it. Absolutely, though, it, it gives you. And I think um, I wish I should say a lot more coaches who got involved um, would spend a little bit time of understanding how to connect to the kids instead right. of it just being X and O's. Um, Cause the connection is, is without a doubt um, a big difference, a big difference. You know, there's a lot of coaches, I'm sure you've heard it. Um, we talk about it all the time. You know, sometimes you have a team and sometimes that team becomes a family 
And it's just a different environment when you're walking in and the team is a family. Um, and, and that's the kind of environment the opportunity to be a part of with this group. Um, they were family. They all cared and fought for each other. So it was just awesome. Yeah. And that's, and I know this, and I, I, you know, I don't know you and so forth, but I know it's to your credit because from what I've read and so forth, you really foster those connections. How, how, tell us how you, how you teach that. Because I, I know this, when you walk into a gym, you can actually see it and feel it when other teams come into the gym about, about certain types of teams, right? I mean, you know yeah, they're close. So. Oh, yeah, you, you, can, you can definitely tell. Um, I think the big part for me um, was to um, not have um, the arrogance um, to always make them feel like um, it was an open door policy and that you can communicate with me. Even if you didn't agree with me, I was okay with that. Um, I wasn't about um, power and it was my way or the highway. It was, look, this is, this is how I go about it. This is what I believe in. And there's certain things and standards that you, you have to set. And that's, that's how it's going to be. I don't bend when it comes to certain things. And one of my biggest things is, is, is just be accountable for yourself. You know, that's, that's one statement that I say to my girls all the time is you got to be accountable. You know, if you make a mistake and, and somebody calls you out on that mistake, don't be defensive about it. Be accountable because understand my intentions is not to hurt you. My intentions are to make you better. And as long as I constantly communicated and showed them that it was a little bit of tough, a little bit of discipline, and then also a little bit of understanding and fun and play, um, it, it, it came out to be a great balance. And the girls um, accepted that. They were very receptive to it. Uh, and, and they appreciate me for, for the passion that I put into it and the, and the amount of time that I put into it. Yeah, they know you care, right? You can't fake that, can you, Coach? I mean. No, you definitely can't <laughs> fake care. <laughs> Some will try, but you can't fake it. <laughs> Um, tell me about this. I got a lot of questions for you because I really want to kind of dive into how you build a program because that's what my podcast, I learn from every coach that I, that I talk to. I mean, and I'll steal a bunch of things from you. I'm sorry, but I'll, I'll take, I'll take some things that you guys do and try to apply it to my program. Um, Muffet McGraw mentioned about women in coaching. And I think you probably heard about that, right? I sure did. Absolutely. I would love to have your perspective on it. I thought it was so interesting. And she, she had a big platform because it's, you know, every time I know uh, the NCAA, everybody heard it, all the schools heard it. Tell me about how you feel about that, because I don't think there's enough women in coaching. As a matter of fact, I coach girls. So, and I still, I, I, I don't think there's enough women that I coach against. Tell us about what you see in the profession. Um, I think that for some reason, um, women uh, tend to not want the job, which is, which is what I've seen. And I've been around athletes, like I said, uh, for a very long time, being, being a player, getting your way through. Um, you meet so many different people. Matter of fact, just last weekend, um, I was sitting at a friend's brunch birthday and I'm surrounded around all uh, college level players who have graduated, who are now professionals. 
and are now sitting here saying that um, they would never coach. So my question to them is, is, is why? You know, why mm-hmm. wouldn't you coach? And then it turns into I have to juggle so many different things. And another thing, sometimes they end up being parents and having to juggle um, the responsibility of taking care of their child, you know, and then having to take care of other people's kids, which is what we do as coaches. Um, and then the time and effort that it takes to the planning and the strategies and all of that, they, they tend to think um, it's something that they can't do. It's not possible. Um, and going to Muffet McGraw, is, it's almost like if we had more college coaches, more college women coaches, and for them to see that this is, this is possible, that women can do it, we don't have enough of the visionary things for people to be inspired by. And that's what kind of what she was saying. And I agreed with her. And it's not necessarily a man versus women thing, because I, I believe a good coach, regardless if you're a man or a woman, um, can make an impact and can, and can help kids get to the next level. I think it has to be with the fact that you believe that you could do it. You've seen other people out there who have done it. Um, so now you feel like, all right, let me give it a try. And I think with my level and high school level and the, and the women that are coming out of college who still desperately want to be a part of the game but just don't know how, just need to see more people, um, need, need to see more women doing it. Um, and that's a big part of why I take pride um, in being a black woman um, and having the success that I've had. Um, I take a lot of pride in that. And I teach my girls about being a woman and having a voice and speaking your mind and having an opinion and believing you can do anything anyone else can do. Um, and I, 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 I'm so happy that Muffet um, took that time and that stage to kind of say those things because it needs to be heard. And I agree, it needs to be seen. And, and we do have the capability of doing it. We just got to believe that we can do it. Yeah, that's a great point. We, do you think it's more societal? I mean, cause I, I know coaching girls, sometimes it's just lack of confidence, is it? I mean, we have to, as coaches kind of try to get, bring that confidence out of them. I know you try to do that, but as male coaches, I think we, I think it's a responsibility for us to try to get, my, I know I, I try to get my players in the coaching. I say, hey, you're a leader. We would love I, – I, I don't know why I do that, but um, I still – I have a few players now getting into coaching, and I just – I take a lot of pride in that. I think, I think we just need more – we need more strong female leaders. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, it is societal. And like I said, when you see something one way all the time, um, you tend not to be the one that want to recreate the wheel um, or, you know – um, take that risk. And if we see more of it and more people start to do it, um, I do believe it'll trickle down um, and, and start to have uh, more women getting involved. Yeah. And there's some great, I mean, look at all the great coaches now in America. And of course, you know, people talk about Gino and so forth, but man, look at the top programs, man. They're all run by, you know, Baylor, all those teams are all run by great coaches, man. Don't, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that they um, I had an opportunity to meet uh, Muffet during the time of Diamond's recruiting and to have um, that, that she's so humble and down to earth and will talk basketball with anyone at any time. Um, I, I appreciate that and I respect that. And I hope um, all of the women, the same thing. I met Brenda Freeze and she was kind of the same, the same thing. I think um, if we had platforms where we can have those conversations 
um, it would change a, a lot of different things. Uh, I really would love to impact the game um, in a different way other than, you know, yes, I am a woman coach and yes, I am black and all those other things. But um, how awesome would it be if we had a platform where there was somewhere that you can go and study and actually be trained how to coach by these great coaches or there's a blueprint or there's a system that has been made that you can now learn that so you can go in with a little bit more confidence um, that you don't have to create your own philosophy and your own strategies, but just know that these were great coaches. They created this. This is the system they created and you can come and learn it in whatever way that whoever came up with it. But um, I thought it w- I think it would be awesome and it would make an impact on, on the game tremendously. And it would give um, women coming out of college because you talk about your girls, you know, they're coming back to you because you're a resource to them and you're, um, you're, you're, you're giving, you're feeding positive energy into them so that they can believe in themselves. Well, imagine having something where they could go a university or, or an office or something, they, somewhere they can go and this could be treated like a true profession. New, our state does not treat it like a true profession. Our country barely treats it like a true profession. Yeah, that's um, a great point, yeah. Especially when you're at a you know, college level, yes, of course, then you're considered a professional and it's a professional job. Um, where you're at the high school level, you know, you're, you're volunteering your time. Um, yes, you do get a stipend here or there, but you're volunteering those extra hours and that, that extra money and those extra meals and that, those long conversations. And um, if it were treated like a true profession and we had the right tools of teaching people how, how, how to be successful, um, it would change the outcome of, of basketball. I think it would make a, an, an incredible impact. There's zero training for coaches. I'm, I, when I came into the profession, you lit, just like probably you did, you had to learn. I learned by my mistakes, right? Oh, yeah. And picture, picture if you, you know, Jeff Jasper, all great coaches there in New Jersey would all get together and say, hey, let's form, an, uh, let's form a uh, coach's academy. Absolutely. It would be amazing. Uh, I mean, I think it'd be awesome. I, I think every state needs that. Um, hey, that's something you can start. It, it can happen and maybe get like USA basketball, something like that to to kind of be your backing kind of. I mean, that's definitely possible. I mean, I, I think it's I think it's surely needed. Yes, it's definitely needed. There's definitely tools that we need to provide. And, you know, um, I don't know if you run into it, um, but there are times um, where I'm either in a gym, it could be. Um, AAU tournament or even high school games I've been to and I've seen um, different styles of coaching and um, the ones where people are so aggressive yelling and I mean even the cursing side of it uh, I just feel like um, yes we all have different styles and and strategies and all those other things but I do believe that um, how we communicate what we're trying to teach is so important and if you're constantly taking kids and you're yelling at kids and you're cursing at kids and you're snatching kids and every single time they make a mistake, um, you know, how, do you, how are we creating an environment for these kids to learn? And then we get, we'll have people complain and say, girls basketball is just not the same anymore and, and the kids aren't the same anymore. Well, yeah, it's not their fault. It's what we're doing. Um, it's how we're going about it. And, and, and that's when it comes down to why I believe so that so badly that if we created something and shared more, um, we would we would have a better situation for kids 
and, and would be a better um, platform and a better foundation for them to have when they go to that next level or wherever they continue their careers after that. So are you saying, I mean, I'm trying to read what you're saying. Are you saying that kids, particularly females leave the game that maybe because of that, because they they might enjoy playing, but they don't love it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Because of their coaches. Because of their coaches. Exactly. This brings me back to the same conversation that I had um, last weekend. I actually heard uh, um, a woman say to me that um, she was so in love with basketball, everything about basketball, she just loved. And she got to the college level and the coach treated her in such a way that she hated the game. She hated the game. It took her love of the game away from her. And to me, that's sad. That's absolutely sad that one individual could treat you a certain way or have a way of coaching. I'm sure that wasn't a personal thing um, that the coach was probably, you know, saying you particularly, I'm going to, I'm going to ruin it for you. Um, It was just their way of coaching and not understanding how that impacts the person or the kid. Um, So that to me um, is, is, is what's happening out here. We again, don't have, um, we don't share enough. And I, and I love that you do, this podcast and you have opportunity and platforms for people to talk about things um, because it needs to be talked about more. Yeah, oh, for sure. It does. I mean, cause you know, we're trying to improve our profession and really impact the lives of our players. Um, and I think it's going back to our original, original statement about girls getting into coaching. Um, we need to be role models ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'll tell you one thing, I'm my hardest critic because I can get intense and so forth, but uh, my best coaching is when I'm poised and calm and I'm allowing the players to make their own decisions and take a lot of ownership. How do you do that with your players? Um, I mean, do you give your players a lot of freedom to kind of experience the game and make good decisions? Absolutely, Coach. I am, I am a believer in um, empowering uh, my players. And by empowering you, I'm allowing you to make that decision. And I'm, I'm, I'm never going to uh, punish you for a mistake. I tell my girls all the time, mistakes are good uh, because you learn from them. It's, it's the experience of it. Now, if you don't learn from the mistake, now we got a problem. Now we got to talk about it. Um, but the mistakes are good. So Absolutely. I truly believe um, to, to empower them and allow them to go out and, and make their decisions, um, of course, within um, your strategy and, and, and kind of your, your way of playing the game. So absolutely. Coach, you were the uh, congratulations on your USA Today uh, National Coach of the Year, man. I'm jealous, man. That's a oh, great honor. Wow. Thank you. I, I am honored. I'm blown away by it, to be honest. Um, I'm, I'm what they would call a very humble individual. So um, it was kind of like me, like you guys chose me of all people. Um, <laughs> so I was, I was very, very honored and I feel very blessed to receive that. So thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Well-deserved. And I've, I actually, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to interview all the national, all the top coaches. Uh, you might know um, uh, Sue Phillips from, uh, 
Midi High School out in San Jose. She was at last year's uh, USA Today. I think she was last year's. And then there was another guy, um, Coach Rico from Washington. So I'm trying to get all the legends like you guys. I tell you, this is great. Uh, but I tell all you, you all, you all have so many, you all talk about a player first program. Uh, there's all some consistencies. Y'all do it differently, but you're really about impacting the kids. I, and I think that's the secret sauce. Don't you think? Yes, Absolutely. Um, when it's not about you, it's not a, when it's not about yourself and it's not about um, what your record is and how you do this. The one thing I always tell people is that I am not scared to lose. I would prefer to lose sometimes um, so that I can see where we are and what we need to learn. But um, not to be afraid to lose because it's not about my record and it's not about me and, you know, how, how high I can get in this game. It's really about the kids. And, and being a platform for them to get to the next level and sharing my experience with them, you know, giving back. That's, that's the key thing for me. Of course you were 34 and zero. So you probably haven't experienced that this past. <laughs> so yeah. come on coach. <laughs> I got to admit that, you know, through the season and as it kept, as it kept growing, um, Diamond uh, Miller comes up to me and she's like, you know, have you ever had an undefeated season? And I was like, well, you really want to talk about that right now? I said, no, I've never, I've never had one. And uh, we laughed about it. And then I said, you know, let's, let's not focus on the 34. No, let's focus on what we got to do. <laughs> but it is pretty. But it was probably good. It was probably good for you guys. Cause sometimes we kind of like, it's like the pink elephant in the, with their, whatever the elephant in the room, you don't talk about it. Sometimes it's good to probably just let it out and talk about it. Um, but I know there are certain things that you guys did this year to get you to that point, what do you all do that kind of separated you from everybody else? Um, I don't know if it's necessarily something we did differently than anybody else. Um, like I said, I think it was um, our bond, our belief. Um, when we lost the uh, last year in the TOC final, um, it was, it was a heartbreak for all of us. Um, and that kind of sat with us. And when we came back together um, through fall league and, you know, seeing the chemistry that the girls had and seeing that they had worked so hard over the summer and, you know, certain players you always like to see got, they, they got better and, you know, their skill level is, is higher. Um, and then it just was a matter of uh, we knew where we wanted to go. We knew we wanted to get back to the TOC final. We knew we wanted to win it this year and it was Okay. This is what we want. This is what we got to do to get it done. And we bonded as a family. Um, we had, you know, things happened and um, it just kind of brought us closer together. So every time the girls went out and played, um, they honestly gave every little bit of effort. I never have to coach effort with my girls. I always know they're going to go hard. Um, and that bond brought us to where we we got to today uh, it was believing in each other it was our trust it was sharing the ball it was being ready to step up when you needed to step up because throughout that whole season we had so many different games where it wasn't about you know diamond miller dropping 30 um it was you know diamond was off that game so i needed you know kiana skank to to hit a three or i needed kennedy skank to hit a three or to drive and we've had so many different players step out step up throughout the year 
um, it just carried us. It absolutely carried us. And not to, not to bring the mood down, but just so you know a little bit more about me and my beliefs, I'm a very faithful, um, God-driven person. And my girls tend to hear me say that because um, I like to, to walk and talk and, and as I am and not to pretend to be something else. And when I lost my mom in January, um, I, was, I was devastated. I was like, you know, brought to my knees because it was so sudden. Um, but the fact that my girls at any given moment um, was, was there for me, was checking on me, was, um, wouldn't allow me to, to kind of allow that sadness to take over. Um, that's something I'll never forget. That's something I learned um, so much uh, about coaching. And you don't realize uh, how much these girls love you and they appreciate you um, until you're in a moment when you're vulnerable. And they taught me that, that there was love there, there was appreciation there. Um, and that motivated me to stay focused on the game and, you know, to continue to do my scouting and making sure we're prepared. And um, I, I wasn't able to, to, to think about my mom at that time. Uh, the girls had my back and we had something big here and we had a goal and I was not going to be the person that was going to change that uh, for them. Uh, so it was, it was an, you know, incredible, incredible journey. I can never, I don't think I can recreate it. I don't want to recreate it. Um, it's something that, uh, I will have in my heart with this team uh, for the rest of my life, without a doubt. Yeah, and to show show us what your program's all about, because that that don't you think that will impact them more than the state championship or the national championship? What they did to help you out, because that's going to impact them more, right? I think in life, absolutely, um, and it also it also made me see. Um, you know, the type of people they're going to be as they go into the world, um, you know, caring and understanding and, um, and realize that um, in life things happen. And I hope that I showed them that, in, you know, in the midst of tragedy, um, when you have family, you have people around you that love you, uh, you can get through it. And I hope my experience uh, taught them that as well. Yeah. We neglect that a lot, don't we, coach? It's almost like we, we I think if you're, if you're a training coach, is like in your new academy that you're going to start, <laughs> you would probably, you, you would probably go, all right, coaches, forget about the X's and O's. It's about the intangibles first. After that, and get those kids embedded in that, those things. Man, the X's and O's become easy, don't they? I would think so. Absolutely. I think that's how you get your, your team to buy in. A lot of, a lot of um, younger coaches ask me, you know, well, how do you, how do you get them to buy into what you believe in and what your strategy is? And, um, and I think it, it comes with that, those relationships, it comes, it's not necessarily um, impressing them that I know so much and, and, um, you know, bringing in arrogance. It's about the connection that you make with your kids and the trust that you build. And once you build that trust, um, they'll, they'll, they'll run through the wall for you because they know you'll do the same. Yeah. It, that's not taught enough. I don't think how many clinics do you go to coach? And it's a fast break off. I mean, we, 
I don't think there's any more secrets to the game, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, even though I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you about your offense and defense and stuff like that. Sure. I just think that's so neglected. That's the last thing on these clinics to talk about is culture. Why don't we do more discussion about that? Well, why are we why are we hiding that? Or maybe it's I don't know. Maybe it's not that exciting, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I think um I think all of us as coaches at some point um, played and we become competitive and our competitive fuels us to keep things to ourselves and um, not to let anybody know your, your secret. And uh, I'm hoping that we get to the point where we want to share it all um, because at the end of the day, we're benefiting the kids anyway. Right. Um, So I think sometimes it's just us being our competitive selves and wanting to kind of keep those secrets and how we, and how we've become successful to ourselves. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, and, of course, I'm going to talk to you about some stuff now with basketball. But uh, talk about your area. You're competing against the top private and parochial schools in New Jersey, from what I've read. And, of course, out here in Georgia, the private schools dominate. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all, we all know why. But I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> uh, you know, when you got new rosters coming in every year, that's, you know, it's like a college. But, Seriously. Um, so, so I'm in a charter public school, so it, it's, but we're still public. We're lottery system, all that, but it's still a public school. Uh, how do you, I, I know you all, what I, I know you take pride in, in, in beating those schools and so forth. But what, what's the, what's the uh, advantage or disadvantage you have as a public school competing against those schools? Um, advantage, huh? I, I would, I don't know if you have an advantage, um, other than uh, you, you build a little pride in the, the community that makes kids want to be a part of your program. Um, I think that um, could help you um, and, and be an advantage because uh, then maybe they're not as enticed um, to go to these um, other schools and prep schools. But it's, it's a hard battle because, you know, we, we all know how that topic goes. Um, when you see success, you want to be a part of it. And when they have continued success, um, of course, a lot of kids want to go there. Um, so it's it to me, it's it's a. I I happen to be in an area where there is it's it's a big area, but it's just so much talent there, um, and I believe that timing is everything. And it was the right time, and it was the right amount of of kids coming through, and I had. Um, one, uh, my first group, my first four-year group that came through, um, they, that was probably the most challenging group I had. And I would say because um, at that time, the, the school and the program wasn't strong. We were, we were kind of building it at the time. Um, so I had a lot of other coaches and, um, you know, people that are attached to the other schools constantly talking to my kids. Um, so it was yeah. a, it's a constant battle of having them believe that where they are is the right place. And, you know, so many other people are out here talking to these kids and making them believe that, um, their, their dreams come true if they go to this particular school, because not only do they have success, they have notoriety. And now college coaches are always going to come back and check out that school. And, and that's how you get your ticket in. Cause everybody wants that ticket in. Everybody wants that division one scholarship. Right. 
Yeah, and I, I think that I think that is an advantage because I what it sounds like, and I, I grew up in public schools, but I've taught in both, so I kind of know. Um, I think when you start out and you're with the same group as kindergarten, first grade, second grade, all the way through, to me that's a family, right? I mean, you're you're blood, and I, I but I do think times are changing. Talking to a lot of coaches, times are changing. But, man, I just think that, to me, if you can keep those groups together, which I know that you do, right? Is that how you build your feeder program? And Well, yeah, actually, um, it's that, that's how it, it has developed into where it is today, um, having, having those kids play in middle school and AAU together and, you know, all those different things. But I've noticed within the last, um, I would say, three or four years, that's shifting a little bit. Um, and I don't know if that's just a competitive nature of parents and I'm not sure why that's shifting. Um, but I've, I've been blessed to have two groups that have played together, um, through middle school and AAU and definitely a secret to our success is having them, um, buy into each other and not, and not be competitive and envious and jealous. And cause I think that's the hard thing to keep the groups together because you start to build animosity and jealousy and, and probably subconsciously um, these things happen. And, and, and we all know um, as coaches, sometimes parents can get a little too involved and cause some things to happen. So, um, but if you, if you can get a group and they all stay together and, and the parents buy in and believe that, you know, when we get to this high school level, we're going to be able to, you know, do all these great things. Um, then you, you've, you've got a gem right there. That's kind of what I'm sitting on without a doubt. Yeah, and I know, and I know you're doing everything possible because I know you're, you got camps, you got, you're involved. I'm sure with the travel programs. I know you don't sit back. From what I read, you, you, you go and you work with all those younger kids, right? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm very much involved with the younger kids. Um, I stay in the community, try to offer clinics and um, different things. I believe it or not, I'm, I'm, I haven't really been involved in doing camps. I always felt like. Um, you know, so many kids and even, you know, I just feel like sometimes it's overpopulated. So I try to tend to do like small groups and clinics and um, stuff like that. So I can really um, make an impact. Right. I, that, that makes a lot of sense too. Um, coach, tell me about your philosophy. And this is what I've, what I've read about you and your philosophy at Franklin is to be tough, defend and play with your heart and passion. Uh, tell us about that because those are, I mean, I think we all want those as coaches on that, but tell us about how you incorporate that in your program. Sure. Um, the, the passionate side, I believe um, it, 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 I tried to allow that to, to come from me and how I approach it, how I, how I coach, how I speak to them. Um, I'm very passionate. I always express my love for what I do. Um, and I try to ask my kids and find out why they play the game. And once I find out why, then I tend to pull out the passionate side. Well, let's connect the dots because a lot of kids don't necessarily know how to find passion. Um, so communication, big thing for me. That's how we've kind of gotten to the passionate part. That's how I pull the passionate part out. Communication, um, constantly teaching, um, letting them involve, ask questions, all that good stuff. The toughness is I, I, don't, I don't have any other way 
to approach the game other than to be tough. And when I mean tough, it's not necessarily um, I'm going to beat you up with, with pads, even though I do do that when they do layups and all those stuff. We're very physical in practice um, just so they could be prepared for fouls. Um, but the toughness has to do with mental, um, you know, not allowing things to um, kind of take you away from, from what you're doing, not allow the emotions to take over, um, staying focused. So that mental toughness, that's how I build um, toughness with my girls, um, challenging them, um, holding them accountable, uh, you know, showing them things on film, um, allowing them to build thick skin about what is going to come because someone's going to tell you something you've done wrong, but not to break down and understand why you're getting those. Um, the defense, uh, I was, I played a, as a point guard and when the days that I was growing up and the players that I watched, um, like the glove and, uh, God, the New York Knicks at the time. Um, I'm a big fan of Magic Johnson. Defense was like it for me. I loved it. Um, it was on both sides of the, of the ball. I could now read the defense better because I understood it. And then on the opposite side, I was so competitive that I hated to see anyone score on me. So I tried to get them to think about defense in a way of take it personal if somebody does something and they score on you. Take it very, very personal because that's not something that should happen. And that, that right there, that motivation alone is going to get you to move your feet. It's going to get you um, to understand why, you know, we have to, we have to communicate on screens and why, um, you know, you have to bump a cutter that's coming through or um, why, you know, boxing out is so important. Um, so, that's kind of how I start to bring in the defensive side. My passion comes out tremendously when it comes uh, to defense or a defensive stop, without a doubt. And of course, yeah, you know, I mean, you got you... your drills and your, your, you know, all those type of things, your X and O's and putting them in, you know, environments um, that, that helps as well. Cause I take my girls, um, I'm a believer in going to New York and, and playing the toughest teams in New York and getting beat up as much Absolutely. as we can. And then going down to the yeah. shore and, and playing, you know, the top programs in the shore um, who are a little bit more into transition threes and finesse and backdoor cuts and um, just getting a full view of the game and how you can play it, uh, you know, in different ways. So exposing them um, has helped me a lot, too. And I love how you talk about the shore. That's Georgia boys out here. <laughs> Tell us about the shore. Tell us the difference so the listeners can kind of, and there might be some coaches that are from that area. I love that. The shore and New York. I love that. Two different yeah. styles, right? Two different styles. You go up north, uh, <laughs> you're going to get, you're going to give, you know, it's going to be a lot more physical. They're going to allow, um, you know, for you to you fall to the ground, get an elbow to the lip, um, you know, that, that no call rule type thing. Um, and then when you go um, to the shore, um, a bump, a, a slight touch um, is a foul. Um, another thing is they, they, they always tend to have shooters. Um, so you always have to guard that three-point line. Um, and they're very, very disciplined in execution. They will set back screens and um, do backdoor cuts. And they will run that set over and over and over and never lose their focus. And they're just, they're just very disciplined. Um, you know, up north will be a little bit more freestyle. 
You know, you, you might have somebody that can do something fancy and cross you over and step back and hit a jump shot in your face. Um, so it, it's, it's a great, it's a great um, mix to be kind of in the middle where I can go up north and, and, and do that and then also turn around and go south and, and play in that. So it's, I think it's an advantage being in the middle. Yeah, that's great coaching, though. I mean, most coaches don't do that. They kind of stay packed and try to get. Coach, welcome back. We can almost go three parts on this. (laughs) (laughs) Three-part series with Coach Taylor. (laughs) I love what you were talking about with the, um, you know, you're allowing your team to go out and play different types of styles. I love that. Um, cause most coaches, I don't think, think about that. So that, that's really cool that you do it. Of course, me at my little small school, we're trying to get wins. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody's uh, situations. <laughs> uh, but we do do, I, I have to say, uh, we do try to schedule, um, we have power rankings out here, coach, where it, we're at a single A level. So we're mm-hmm. a small school. Right. And the state tournaments based on power rankings. So it's a matter of wins, which I totally disagree with because if I want to go out and play, take my team out of state and maybe get three, the kids love the experience. It actually, it doesn't help us with the power rankings. Right. So they just a bad system to stay there and, and, and just get your win so that you can be in it. Exactly right. And I, I, and they're trying, everybody's trying to get rid of it, but you know how it is in, in uh, state politics with athletics, you know, it, it, we we're divided into public and private at the single A level. Isn't that stupid? Yes, it is. <laughs> it's crazy. Cause everybody's, you know, we have seven classifications in Georgia. You gotta be kidding. me! Wow. <laughs> wow. It's crazy. Um, Hey, tell me about New Jersey basketball, man. Because the more I, I I I listen to you guys, there's some good basketball out in your state, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, I I think um, some of the best kids come out of New Jersey. Of course, I I'm I'm always going to be um, a little biased towards the one that is is leaving me this year, Diamond Miller. Um, but I think I think with Jersey, uh, you get a lot of versatility. Um, you know, you, you, you don't have just one particular style. You have a lot of different things that goes on. Um, so Jersey basketball is, um, I would say, part of uh, um, the top players that are coming out. Um, but I think basketball in general, no matter what state um, you're going to, uh, there's just a lot of talent out here, period. Um, the one yeah. thing that has seemed to um, increase has, has been – um, the amount of people now who are, are are teaching the game. When I say that, I mean like the skill trainers and the oh man, it's like it's unreal with the amount of people now that are out here um, teaching. But Jersey has a special style to it. Um, I believe it uh, because I've, I've been I've played in it personally. Uh, I could I, just like you. There's certain things I would love to change. Um, I wish we could add a shot clock. So we can speed up our game a little bit. Not that, not that we're, we're extremely slow with it, but I think it would definitely help us in the long run. Um, our state tournament, uh, we go through, I want to say like three brackets. So you have to, you have to get through a section first, and then we are, uh, our schools are ranked in groups based on the size of the schools. So after you get through a section, then you have to turn around and be 
Um, you have to go through a group. And then once you get to the group and you, you actually become a state champion, you still are fighting to go what we call the tournament of champions. And that's just right. overall, you know, all, out of all the groups, you are now the, the top of the top. But it's such a grueling process because you have to go through so many different brackets and it's so many games and it's, you know, everything is back to back. Um, you really don't have much time. We could play a game on a, on a Friday and we're right back at it um, on Sunday. So that's um, unique style. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I mean, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go go ahead, coach. I'm sorry. I, I just I was just saying that because uh, Jeff 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 Jasper was talking about that that tournament of champions. To me, that is unique, coach. I love that. Tell me more about that. Um. Yeah. You know, once you once you get to what I love that they do here. Um, is uh, once you win your state um, and, you, and you get your trophy for that, um, they let you know that, you know, everybody that has won, you guys are, you know, truly champions. And this is just kind of like, you know, the cherry on top. It's, it's the icing. Um, it's, it's the right to say, you know, out of everybody in the state, you know, we are number one. Um, so it, it's, an, it's an excitement built behind that, that tournament. Um, there's uh, notoriety and, um, it kind of establishes you as a program if you're if you're even able to um, play in you know that type of tournament. So I definitely think it it sets um, a stage, uh, and, and it and it to me has been success, successful in the last few years um, that I've been involved um, in basketball. And it's it's something you strive for. It's something you can set goals for. Um, and it, it is pretty cool to to turn around and say, hey, we we're number one. You know, nobody can say anything. We went through this ruling process and you can't take it away from us we're number one um so it's it's pretty cool i like the way they do it i just think it's it's long uh when you're in it you're like yeah you know you don't get to sleep much (laughs) i'm sure and and are you saying because out here it's i think it's about six the win a state title is like six or seven games i think it's seven um so you're saying it's like nine over nine games to win it or without a doubt without a doubt oh man because you have to, wow. you have to get through your sections. The sections, um, you know, it's one of those things where um, when we qualified for our state tournament, um, it used to be that you had to be at least 500. Um, now um, every team qualifies. Oh, I see. So okay. When you start yeah. off in that first tournament, it's it's kind of like, um, you know, it's it's you know Goliath versus you know how that goes. Um, you now have to play teams at a level that, that hasn't competed at the level that you have. Um, right. and, and that, that hurts my spirit um, when I have to coach in those type of games because I hate to see um, discouragement on, an, on the other side of the kid's face. Um, I hate to see, um, you know, when you look at the scoreboard, um, you know, how much they lost by or, you know, how much we won by. Because um, I don't think that, that leaves a positive taste. And then once you win or lose in that, your season's done. So you go through your sections, you play a bunch of games that, that doesn't necessarily help you get to where you need to go. And then you get to what you now of across the whole state, all of the group fours. And you play another in the group four, you probably play another three games. And then mm-hmm. the tournament champions brings you down to your final four. There's group one, group two, group three, and group four. And then you so play what you, those last two games. Yeah, I mean, 
so you think it sounds like to me in your voice you they're, they're, they can probably do it differently, right? Maybe cut back on games. and Yeah, I, I think uh, they should cut back on some of the games that, that, that you initially start out with. Um, and I think they should go back to um, allowing it to be – allowing yourself to earn your way into the state tournament um, and having a certain amount of wins. And I know you don't like power rankings, but it would be nice in the state of New Jersey if you played um, – you know, a, a, a strong group one and you're a group one that, that, you know, they can kind of make those teams play in that tournament at that level. Um, but it's hard. I, 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 there's so many ways that, you know, all of us are going through the experience would probably change it. But at the end of the day, it takes a lot of communication, um, a lot of things to change it. Like you're saying with, with Georgia, you know, a lot of you coaches want to make changes. And we have the same thing that happens in New Jersey. I don't think there's ever a situation where everybody just says, oh, this is perfect. Um, so there's, you know, there's some, some things that could be changed. It could be better. Um, but at the end of the day, they do a really, really great job running the tournament. It's always organized. Um, the teams are treated very well. They have a great luncheon. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, they're doing a great job. It's just a matter of people's opinions and um, maybe those who want to change it will step up and, and get involved. But, they do a really great job here. I can't complain. Yeah, and every state, what's cool is every state does it differently. I mean, you know, Kentucky has one state championship. They're Sweet 16, which is kind of cool. I, I think every state, I think that makes us unique as a country, though. Everybody right. likes doing things differently, right? I Absolutely. mean, everything, everything's different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you can't make everybody tell, happy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um Hey, talk about your phrase one, two, three, eat. I might steal that from you. Tell me. <laughs> I wish I had your I wish I had your team here to kind of give it to me live, but oh, tell me about great. that. Um, well, I mean, it, it, it all started with with um my mentality, my competitiveness. Um when when you step out on the court, um it's it's a it's a, a mind frame that I need you to have. And I, I want you to look at your your uh opponent and um, go after them, be relentless, no let up. Um, so that's how that, that all started. And they would go out and they would do their little chant. And I took that momentum of their chant of, you know, talk, you know, saying their school and the things they like to do. Um, by the time you came back to me, it was time to refocus because you just had your fun. So now let's focus because now it's time to go out and eat. And that's how we, we, we kind of started that. Um, it was kind of my mentality, my competitiveness, and um, the girls absolutely love it. And I don't have, you know, a quiet voice. I'm a loud person. Um, so when I do it, I do it with, with um, a lot of intensity in my voice, and, and it motivates them. Um, one time we didn't do it, and my girls were like, wait a minute, no, we're missing something. Um, that's when I knew um, – you know, it was something that they love doing too, because they, they let me know if I miss out on that. But um, it gets us all ready and focused, and it's like, okay, let's go play. Let's, let's go out here and get it. Yeah, it's funny how those trigger words and phrases are important, right? I mean, it's, it's amazing how you can unite a team just through this verbiage. Yes, absolutely. And if you do it with passion, oh, they're, they're jumping right into it. Um, so I, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. There's um, another thing that I do um, that not many coaches agree with because I've had, you know, a lot of conversations about it. 
Um, at the end of the game, I, I don't go in the locker room and go off about everything. I, my girls all come, uh, we all get together, we put our hands in, um, and we just say, yeah. So we go one, two, three, and everybody goes, yeah. And, and we, <laughs> we end our game. Um, when we get in practice the next day, we'll talk about it. We'll go through it. Uh, we'll figure it out. We'll discuss what was good, what was bad. Um, before every practice, I have what I call uh, a QOD. And it's a question of the day. And I'll come up with a bunch of different questions. And it allows me to get to know my kids and, you know, what they like, what they don't like, what they would do in different scenarios. And uh, we get to laugh and kind of have a, a nice, loose environment before we get into our actual practices. Yeah, I love that. Um, so you in the locker room, this is in the locker room, correct? You just, so you don't say anything to your team? No, I don't, end, even go except- in. I don't even go into the locker room. When I'm, when I'm away, um, if I'm home, it does not matter. We just, at the end of every game, we slap hands. Um, we say good game to the other team, and then we come together, and we do our chant. No, no matter what, win, lose, we still do the, the chant because – um, my, my three statements that I make before we even go out, of course I do pregame, um, and strategy and all the other stuff. And it's play smart, play hard and have fun. And I don't ever want to take away the fun and I don't want it to be, oh my God, we're about to go in here and they're going to get our heads ripped off. I don't, I don't create that environment. I don't think, um, that necessarily sticks. I think at that point they're upset. They messed up. They're in their own minds. Um, I can go in there and have the best speech ever. And I would say maybe one or two will retain it. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. With yeah. They, uh, they're in la la land or mad at themselves. You know how that goes. Um, you know, we're, we're our toughest critic, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, took I tell that you, out that's unique. Yeah. I took it out the game. Um, that, that is so interesting, coach. I, I think you're, um, probably one of the few or, or the only one that, <laughs> that really I've ever heard. And I, I love that because the worst times, I think you can lose your team after a game. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I, I think there's too many. And what I've learned over the, even the last few years, I've made a lot of adjustments on that. No criticism. Really what we do is just unite together. Uh, and I find out we do our circle of honor and just kind of praise the positives, even in a loss, you got to praise the positive, right? Absolutely. I love that. I love that you do that. I mean, I might steal that. that that's that's <laughs> well, awesome. <laughs> I'm, I might just do, I love yours though. I mean, it's like, get me out of the picture. Let the team, right? Just let the team enjoy the win or loss you know what i'm saying and i i love that that's, that's so unique so i'm i'm definitely gonna uh look at that that's that's really important um and i gotta add on to that coach tell me what you think i have we really believe in the fun in our program and always try to get the positive out of everything that we do i remember in the state tournament this year um we were down i think we were down 20 and it was our first time ever in our program going to a state tournament. And um, what we do is that at, when the coaches come in, 
we teach our players that, you know, it, we're all positive. We clap it up. We clap it up. Win or lose. Right. We're, you know, I mean, and our, our kids, I thought our kids would be so down after that. They all stood up. They all started clapping. It kind of gave me chills. Wow. Yeah. You know? And it's like, you know, because that's what we try to promote in our program. We don't, we don't promote the scoreboard. Um, we promote the effort. And the girls came back and we got within like eight points. We didn't win it, right. but I thought it was a victory. Yes, um, for sure. Because that's when you – what kind of team you have, right? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And, and it shows their appreciation for positive. But also that I would have chills too because um, sometimes um, we underestimate teens and um, kind of how they um, – how, they, how they're receptive to – what we're trying to, to, to create an environment. You know, we try, like you said, I'm trying to create a positive environment. And when you have those moments of seeing what you are trying to do is actually working, oh, it's without a doubt. It's like, oh, these kids get it. You know, it's not about negativity. Let's clap it up. Let's get this energy. Um, we're bringing positive energy and positive thoughts. And, and then we're going to speak them. Oh, I love it. That's why I said I might have to steal that a little bit with that whole ring. I may have to still, right. I love the concept. I love um, that they believed in it and they knew to use that to kind of help uplift their spirits. Um, and that's, that's based on what you guys are teaching them. So that's awesome. Yeah. I appreciate that. And um, coach, let's go into uh, how do you teach rebounding? It's one thing we have all guards in our program. Unfortunately, we're small. Um, how do you teach your toughness in rebounding? in your practices. I, I, I can just tell you right now, I know you guys can board. I can just tell this by what type of team you have. How do you teach it? Um, there's a few drills that I'm, I'm, I'm pretty consistent with that I use. One in particular I, um, I call roughhouse. And what it does is it puts three kids in the paint, um, two coaches on the wings to shoot the ball. And then it's, it's a straight line um, behind the three-point line center of the court. And the three people in the paint, after the ball goes up, they have to battle um, to get the ball. And once they get the ball, they can't go outside of the paint to score it. And in order for you to get out of the roughhouse, you have to score. And as soon as you score, somebody else is coming running in to be able to get another rebound. So you got to be aware of that. You got to be aware of the person who's already next to you. And then you got to find a way to secure the board and get the ball back in the basket. Um, so for me, that's been a drill that I've been really, really consistent with. Um, the kids have fun when they're doing it, um, and they don't necessarily know that they're learning how um, to rebound in those moments. Um, another thing is um, teaching the technique uh, of rebounding, um, understanding um, that you, this game is, is physical and that you're going to have to touch um, someone at some point and being okay with that, that physical play. Um, and that's when um, the competitive side of me and, and my coaching staff, when we get in there um, with the pads and, and, and constantly beat them up and force them um, to put their bodies um, into us and, and command their space. Um, and again, usually the kids um, want to go up against the coaches <laughs> for some strange reason. They always <laughs> tend to love that. <laughs> um, so they tend to go a little harder. And um, yeah. it allows us for those moments to, to, to give reminders, um, you know, in the game of, 
you know, when I'm when I'm uh, coming in for rebound, you can tear me up. But, you know, when this girl's coming in, you're not going to in there. And it, it like it clicks. And like, you know what? You're right. Um, I just got to be a little bit more physical or treat them how you treat us or, you know, little things like that. Um, uh, another thing is strategy for me. Um, in order for us to be successful on the offensive side, we need to get the ball. It's either a deflection, it's going to be a rebound, a steal. But in order for us to run our transition, the side of the ball that you guys have tend to fall in love with, this side has to be taken care of. Um, so it's just a matter of constantly reiterating what this team is about and how we get to um, be able to do the things that we love to do and that has been successful for us. And that's our transition. Yeah, and I'm going to ask you about that in a second. I only have a couple more questions, Coach. Sure. I know you're busy, and I appreciate it. Your roughhouse game, though, um, it's not a. It, it's it's you keep scoring until the other team basically stops you, right? There's not a. There's not an outlet to a coach or anything, right? No, there's no. Take no, there's no way of getting out of it. Um, once once we get a little deeper into the season, uh, we will allow you to kick it out on an outlet, and then. Um, find a way to get open with those two people there. But when we first initially start the drill, um, it's you figuring it out on your own. It's you um, working and figuring out how to get out of that house. Yeah, and those are, to me, those are the best drills. I, I'm a, I mean, sometimes we overcoach, we overtell, right? Right. I mean, we got we to gotta let the players figure things out. Of course, sometimes, you know, it's parents, it's things like that, telling them what to do too much. Mm -hmm. It's like, let the kids figure things out for themselves. They might not learn it fast, but eventually they're going to take more ownership, right? Oh, yeah. And then, and then the natural instincts um, kick in. Um, but, yes, they definitely take more ownership. Um, they have a sense of pride in it as well because it's not something that was handed to them or, um, you know, something somebody else gave them or whatever. Um, it definitely yeah. makes them – um, have a sense of pride in themselves and the confidence is built. And then when you go up against everybody else, you're like, Oh, if I could do it here, I could do it there. Oh, for sure. It's about believing. For sure. I yeah. Believe it. Mm -hmm. Coach. I, um, tell me about offensive rebounding. Um, my, I think offensive rebounding is neglected in the game. Um, and my, I'm actually establishing a more aggressive offensive rebounding technique. I learned from a high school coach that I know. He sends five to the board. Really? And what he believes in um, is that attack mentality. And what he teaches is he sends five to the board, and then he calls <clears> – <throat> what they're going to do is they're going to – they're basically in transition. They're going to lock up with the closest man in defensive transition, because that's what I asked him. How do y'all get back with that? He says, he, he, that's their philosophy. They send five to the board, mm -hmm. and then and when they get possession of the ball, boy, they're locking up with the closest man, and they're getting back. Wow. Uh, but he says they get, they get so many extra shots by that. It's just an aggressive mentality. What do you think about that? Wow. Um, that's interesting. And I now that you've explained it to me, I can understand how – um, how that can work out if, if you have speed. Um, if you don't have the speed, I would think um, you may be a little vulnerable with all five and then trying to, uh, especially if it's a long ball, 
and it's it already creates a transition um you know off a of three or something like that it's a long ball and they're already off running sure. so i think with every strategy that comes with some risk and if you're willing to take the risk and you've got the right um the right roster to fill it go for it um for me offensive rebounding um it is it is uh two my my two wing players um i only leave one i send four my my top okay. top of the key always stays um, just so I have at least one one defender back, um, and then I agree with him as far as who's ever closest to the ball um, slows down the ball in transition defense. Um, I just like to have that safety net of that one person back, but I do send four. Um, my girls ha- have gotten to a point where they're very strong on the offensive rebounding side uh, because um, there's one thing I always tell them too is 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 be relentless. So no matter what side of the ball you're on, um, make an effort and go after it. Um, you may or may not get it, but if you put that effort in and you're relentless to get it, uh, it, usually, it usually goes your way. Yeah, I love that. I mean, you sound like you have an aggressive mentality, and I think offensive rebounds, to me, I could be wrong, is the true sign of an aggressive team. Yes, I agree with I you. I feel. I agree. You, gotta, you have to be aggressive to go after the ball offensively without a doubt. Um, on your technique of that, I teach, um, cause I feel like we shoot, a, we shoot a lot of threes. I'm not saying we shoot it well coach, but we shoot a lot of threes. <laughs> um, but I teach my girls to go to the high side of a player in the paint. And the reason why is I want them to get on the high hip and then hold their outside hand up to try to get a deep rebound. Um, how do you teach technique for offensive rebound? Um, it's, it's, I actually teach it more off of your, your shooting. Um, so if we're doing a shooting drill and um, you more than anybody know where the ball usually is going and then it's a communication thing, um, off, right, long, short, um, there's key things that um, I, would, I would want you to yell out to communicate to your teammates. And there's um, what we call um, awareness. I need to hear my teammate. I need to be aware of their voice. I need to be aware of their commands. And to me, it's a sense of we're going to teach this based off of communication. And then the last part of it um, is going to get it. So actually taking that momentum of your body and actually going to get it. Defensive rebounding to me is more of a technical thing. Offense to me, offensive rebounding is more of an instinct. It's a feel. Um, you know, there's that, that, that saying is, um, you know, they got a nose for the ball. They kind of know where it's going to go, and they're, and they're going to start working their feet and able to get to where it's going to go. And it's all based on how it bounces off the rim. Yeah, and that's, to me, because I, I don't think that's taught enough. I, don't, I know I don't do a very good job of that. Um, teaching offensive rebounding because that's it's about you know it's almost like that that Barkley Rodman type mentality right I mean you just go get yeah, it Rodman without a doubt <laughs> wish I had a few of him <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that kind of shows our age a little <laughs> bit when we know about Rodman <laughs> but um, you're right though I, I think I, I think your best rebounders simply are just kids that just have that 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 nose for the ball. And that's, that's hard to teach. Yes, very hard to teach. 
All you could do is give an understanding. Coach, tell me that's it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, last question is your practices. I, I always ask um, all you great coaches, like, what do you do in practice? I want to see what you do better than me so I can add it into my program. <laughs> I'm a cheater. So I'm take some good things that you do. And I want to know, because I know you guys run great practices. You can't be as good as – you can't go 34-0 and 0 without being a great practice coach. Um, okay, practices. Let's see. Um, I'm definitely um, – I'm time-oriented. Um, I definitely put times on the things that I do. Um, I will make note on things that I need to circle back to. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely one of those who – likes to have time set on my drills so that we can move along and get through um, a lot of things. I start out with um, skill. Like I told you, um, I believe that between guards and posts, when you, when you go in the gym before practice starts, you should kind of have a set of skill drills that um, you know you need to do or work on. Um, so I try to encourage the kids to, to get in there and do that. And then when we get started with our our practice, we start off with, with fundamentals. Um, I'm in love with the fundamentals of the game. I think all the fancy stuff comes from a foundation and the foundation is fundamentals. Um, and that's what we work on in our skill stuff, making layups. <laughs> um, I call it a drill called layup series. Uh, we will make layups in all different types of ways. Um, I'm a big believer that you have to finish layups. And they're not always going to be a clean right hand, nobody there. Uh, you may get bumped. Uh, you may have to go reverse. You may have to spin. Um, so we do a series, and we change that series up so it's not, um, it's, it doesn't become boring. Um, so we'll, we'll start off with some of the basics. We'll do our layups. We'll do um, our ball handling drills. Um, and then we'll get into, um, I break down my transition offense into individual drills. Um, I try to make everything progressive. I try to start with something. Um, and then by the time we get to either playing or reviewing offense, you have, you have already went through the techniques of, of what and how we want you to do it. Um, so that's after we do skill, we kind of go into now some breakdown stuff, um, either working on timing for backdoor cuts and passes, um, working on, um, you know, some of our different series within our transition offense. Um, and then we'll do uh, our transition drills. Um, those are drills that I actually don't change, um, but they're, they're consistent because part of what we do is something that I need you to know, and I need to drill it into your mind every single time. So the, the old school rebound outlet, I do a little bit different. Um, we don't, we have three lines. We rebound. Um, on whatever side of the ball we rebound, obviously we outlet on that. But the timing of the opposite side guards um, is as soon as the ball is rebounded, you are now taking off. You are running already. So by the time it gets the outlet, you already know you should be down the court. So now I'm, I'm working on two dribble passes um, so that you can, you can learn how to get that long ball out and not dribble the ball. Um, I, I, I have a pet peeve of – kids dribbling the air out of the ball. Um, I believe the ball goes up the, the court a lot faster when we're passing it. Um, so we do those series. Um, and within those series, it starts off with a long layup. 
Um, after we get to the second part, we are now working on uh, what we call second trail. So the rebounder who kicked it to the outlet now throws it to the other guard. Once she throws it to the guard on the left side, she clears out and makes sure she goes to the right. And then my rebounder is coming down the middle. And that's what we're calling our second trail. And our second trail okay. is going to reverse the ball, just like you would do in your regular transition. So second trail comes down, we reverse it to the top, we reverse it to the opposite side, and then now you're working on pass and cut. So now your second trail passes and cuts down the lane and gets that layup. The third time through, okay. we are now doing um, same exact positions. We still have the, the point guard and the two wings. Well, really, our second trail is not our point guard, but that's the area we're filling. Um, we come down again. Now, this time, second trail is going to shoot the shot. So instead of reversing the ball, um, when you come down, you're now going right into rhythm. You're knocking down your shot. Three, a two, doesn't matter. The following time we do where we're now going to kick it and reverse it, we're still going to cut, but now we're not going to hit the cutter. We're going to actually shoot that jump shot on the – on the reversal. So we literally go through that one every single day. That's one drill that I don't shoot. I don't uh, change. That's every, that's daily. You don't miss a day running. No, that I don't one. miss a day to the point where I don't, I don't call out anything. My seniors, juniors, um, they all, they all know what the expectations are. They know they have to call second trail. They know they have to call outlet. Um, they just scream out, okay, this is what we're doing on this one. And then they go through it. Um, so yeah. th those particular yeah. drill, that particular drill, I do stay the same. Um, and then towards the end of my practice, um, I like to be competitive. Um, earlier in the season, I do a lot of, um, one-on-ones, two-on-twos, three-on-threes before I get into the five-on-five, -five. um, because of spacing and teaching some of those things a little easier with less people on the court. Um, so we do a drill, um, that I love. It's great conditioning. Um, we call it Memphis, and it, it just builds from a one-on-one -on -one to a two-on-one to a two-on-two to a three-on-two to a three-on-three. -three. Like, it's nonstop. Um, you have five people on the baseline. They're numbered one through five, and uh, the ball starts in an advantage on one side of the court. So blue starts out with the ball. They're going down. They have It's a one-on-one -on -one situation. Once white gets the rebound um, – player number two comes on the court with them. And now they go down and transition two on one on the person that just uh, shot the ball. Now, once blue gets the rebound, second player comes on with them and now they go back and now it's a two on two situation. So it kind of starts to build up. Um, it really helps with um, decision-making. Uh, it helps with understanding um, spacing when you have more players in your transition um, and then an understanding of advantages and how to take, um, you know, when you're a three on two, how do you take advantage of that situation? Um, are you making the right decision in that situation? So um, that's one of my one of my favorites that I do competitively, too. And it's a great conditioning drill. The girls are usually dying by the time we're done with that. Now, is that more towards the end or kind of in the middle of practice? Do you like those? Um, those are more towards the end. Um, like I said, I kind of like to okay. build up. And to the point where we've, we've, we've done our shooting, we've done our fundamentals, we've done our ball handling, we've done all those different things. We've done some competitive drills. Uh, we've worked on um, some offensive sets and, and drills 
settings and then, um, all right, now let's go out and compete. Let's see what you retain. Let's see who's, um, you know, who's competing, who's learning, who's, um, you know, who's, who's vibing with the other, what's, what's a good chemistry with this group. Um, you start to really start to see a lot of those things towards the end of the, the end of the practice time. Coach, do you alternate offense, defense? Cause you know, there, we have so many things we want to do, right. And it's hard to get everything in. So do you alternate offense, defense, or do you incorporate offense, defense every day in your practices? Uh, I'm, uh, your emphasis? I'm never, I'm every day. Um, with it. Okay. Uh, even if it's small things, um, with defense, I try to, I try to give, um, some type of drill. We, we focus on the defense. Um, if we're, if we're further down, uh, throughout the season, I will tend to adjust based on, um, our gameplay. So if we're, if we're doing bad defensively and we're making a lot of bad decisions that way, um, I can, I can tend to change my practice and focus a lot more on defense. It could be defensively heavy. Um, and then going back um, to our regular, um, you know, doing a little bit of both. Um, so it all depends on, on, on what we're looking. I try to change it up um, based on some of the things that I'm seeing in film and the things we need to fix. Yeah, absolutely. So you're, um, of course, I think what a lot of coaches don't realize is, is, I mean, every day you can go in with a week plan. I don't know. I, this is, this is me. I have a weekly plan, but then every day, man, it's like, God, I mean, it's, I try to cut back as much as I can, but each practice I'm focusing on something a little bit different that I see from the previous day. I think we can jump ahead too far. Can't yeah. We? Sometimes I think we can. I definitely think we can, but I, I agree with you. I think you just, you just adjust as you go. Um, and I like to keep things simple. I don't like to overcomplicate things, um, which is why my offense is not a whole bunch of, you're not calling a whole bunch of different sets and this, that, and the other. Um, it's about spacing positions and reading. Um, and I think having that being simple, it doesn't create the stress and the anxiety um, that kids tend to get when they can't, they can't retain a lot of that stuff. But I definitely believe in, in keeping it simple. But you know, one thing that, um, I got from Rutgers and Vivian Stringer was, well, actually college, but I seen it there was uh, bringing in guys uh, to compete against, against the girls. And of course the level and the physicalness um, I have to, I have to make sure whatever group I'm bringing in, they understand that this is not one of those situations where you can foul, you could do this, you could do that. Um, but I still need your physical presence. I need your athleticism. Um, I need, you know, the way you handle the ball. Um, I want to make the environment in my practice 10 times harder than what we were going to face in the game. Yeah, I love that. I, I, actually, I wish we could hear, um, but we're actually <laughs> probably better than our boys. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing you could do there. <laughs> Um, I know it sounds crazy, but we, we got a, we got a, we got a pretty good team, but, um, we're actually getting better, but yeah, uh, I would love to have a group of boys to go against. Cause I think it just, it's just the, um, it really challenges the girls. They, they really got to get out of their comfort zone. I think that's a great idea. And I, and all colleges do that. Yeah, right? pretty much all they have a, they have a practice team and there's usually, especially in, in women's basketball, there's, there's usually a few, 
um, guys that go in and, and I actually have a few guy friends that played on some of those practice teams, but you know, the guy, the men have been doing it for years. Um, you know, they, they have a, a practice team who they have come in and, you know, they, they have them for whatever purpose to make things harder, to be more physical, whatever strategy they're working on, but they always have a set or group of people that's willing to volunteer their time to go do it. Uh, I'm a huge, huge Duke fan, coach K. Um, and just to see the environment he creates in his practices and he constantly keeps it competitive and, you know, he has the team that goes up against and I, I love that. I love that. Um, so I tried to create that on a, a, a much smaller scale. Yeah, that's great. Coach, I, I mean, I, again, I appreciate you sharing the knowledge. I got, I got three pages of notes here, Coach, man. I, I tell you, I've, I learned so much. Um, hey, this is it. The one last thing, that my last question here is I call it the one thing. If you were in charge of New Jersey high school basketball, what is one thing you would change? Mm. I think the one thing I would change would be the shot clock. <laughs> I think the shot clock um, would change um, the speed of the game because uh, sometimes we tend to have games that go really, really slow. Um, it also forces sure. um, coaches to coach a little different. Um, it makes things uh, a little tougher. Um, so I, I guess if it would be one thing, um, right now, the thing I can think of that I would want to change would be adding, adding the shot clock. 30 second, 35. Uh, what do you think would be good for high school? I, I think 30 seconds is not too bad. Um, but that's because I play fast. Um, but even if we had 35, um, I would be happy with that. I just think some sort of time, um, you know, to, to keep the game moving um, helps us. Um, it goes, it goes down to, uh, you know, you, I don't know if you had a lot of coaches or have ever had the um, conversation about um, women's basketball and kind of the popularity of it and fans and, you know, WNBA talks about it a lot now. Um, I think we tend to play a little slower um, and maybe it's not as exciting to watch. Um, so I think, you know, in the long run, um, our game now has become faster. It's become more popular. Um, kids are changing the game. I mean, you got girls that are now dunking. Um, I think the entertainment of the game is now coming into girls basketball. Whereas before it was all about our fundamentals and playing the game the right way and not necessarily worrying about the entertainment side of it, which, you know, the NBA is all about entertainment and the boys are all about the flashy and the entertainment. And I think that's where the fans come in. Yeah, I mean, we're all about selling the game, right? You want a good product on the floor, and even at the high school level, we got to do it, right? We got we got to have some identity to your team. And I, I, what I'm interested in in the shot clock, coach, is do you I, – I run a five-out, basically five-out pass-cut driving mm -hmm. kick. I mean, it's not very complicated. Um, we shoot a lot of threes. We don't make them yet, but we shoot a lot of them, and we take it to the basket. But – um, I'm wondering if we a 30 second would force us to run more set plays, right? Um, no, when I go to New York, I run similar to what you just said. I'm a five out, um, passing cut, driving kick, um, kind of offense. Um, and, and I have never been in a situation where I've, um, run into, you know, any type of shot clock violations or felt like 
my kids couldn't adjust because, you know, we go all year and there's no shot clock. And then we go to New York and things change. Um, they, they, yeah, they adjust yeah. just fine. Um, we've never had a problem getting the shot off. And I think, like I said, when you're running transition, um, our transition turns into our five, our, our five out. Um, so we're, we're, we're trying to score on you from the minute we, we cross half court. So if there's an opportunity in that first pass, we're going to go after it. If there's an opportunity in that third one, we're going after it. And if we have to keep swinging the ball and now doing a little bit more, and I have to now at that point call a set, we're trying to score within the, 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 the first two or three passes. Um, so I, I don't think it would really affect, um, you know, the, the plays and, and, you know, how we go about it. I just think it, it, it stops from, I know, I don't know if you see it a lot there, but here, uh, we have situations where, you know, kids that tend to hold the ball, um, uh, not necessarily cut, they, they'll, they'll jog at it. And there's also different levels of play. We all know that. Um, but it would force, um, you know, some of those players to, that are in a group one to now be able to compete at a group four because you have no choice but to kind of increase your speed um, to make decisions faster. Um, it puts everybody kind of on the same level. That's a great point. Yeah, because everybody, I think a lot of teams feel like with less talent, the clock would hurt them. But you're saying that actually the clock would actually – make them be a more sense of urgency, right? Yes. I mean – Yeah, absolutely. You said it just uh, right. Definitely a sense of urgency. Because, again – Yeah, I if, love that. If you're, on a, if you're playing at a lower level, that doesn't mean the goals are different than the person playing at group four. You know, when they play it and, and play at a college level. And when we get to college, it's, it's not – got to go at a faster pace. you got to make decisions quicker. Um, so I always think it's a matter of our jobs – as coaches um, is to prepare them um, for their next steps. Some are going to say to you, Hey, I want to go division one. And you're going to say, look, you need to do this, 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 and this is what it takes. Some are going to say, you know, I don't really want to dedicate my life to this game, but I still love it. I want to play it. Um, and now you're, you're focused more on like, you know, division, division three, or um, you have those people that are kind of in between to that dedication. They're doing the division two, um, but no matter what level they're coming from, and I'm saying that based on New Jersey's levels, um, there's still a certain way the game has to be played. And the game is a lot faster no matter what level of Division three, two, or 1. Things tend to just get a little bit faster. Yeah, and I, I love that how you're saying you, you want to prepare your, your players to – play that that was the high expectations to play at that next level I don't think a lot of coaches think like that I think they're ultimately thinking about just the best way to right. win <laughs> I mean, uh, which I, I think I think you're trying to help the kids it says says a lot about you you're trying to help the players absolutely it's about helping the players and I, you know who, who knows how long you'll stay in the in high school coaching and um, it's it's not a not to diminish the title um, but like I told you, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in faith and, um, and then to, to go through uh, losing my parents with less than six months from each other, it puts things in perspective for me. Um, it makes me understand that at the end of the day, I, I'm, a, I'm a high school coach. Um, I'm not saving lives. I'm not a doctor. Um, <laughs> so, you know, with being, with having that title, you know, how, how can, um, how can I impact um, the kids and how can I do this and um, understanding that it's just 
um, you have that title as head coach, but your job really is to mentor and guide kids because you're in possession of other people's kids probably more than they see them or talk to them. Um, your bonds are created. Uh, so a, a sense of responsibility is there for me. Um, and my grandmother, before she passed, um, asked me a question and she said, uh, you know, what's your legacy? What do you want to be known for? Um, you know, don't go through life just living it. Um, you know, have a purpose. Leave, leave something behind. Give something um, to other people. And I took that to heart. And, um, you know, God has blessed me to be able to be in the forefront of these kids and um, create opportunities and make impacts and uh, be a part of journeys. And um, that's very fulfilling for me, um, which is it's, it's a lifelong thing I'm living and starting my nonprofit. That that is the main reason of it is that I want to constantly create programs and things for kids where um, the stress is not on them. It's let's let's get corporations um, to give away that money they have to give away anyway um, to create programs for these kids to be in environments that um, it saved my life. So I hope that I can I can some way in turn give that back um, to the youth now um, and maybe save somebody else's life the way it saved mine. Yeah, that's great. Um, and you are saving lives, it just in a, di- a different right. way. Uh, you're directing lives. You're, so you're, you are improving the lives of, of a lot of people. And I appreciate you coming on and, and uh, improving us as coaches. Uh, my goal is to get all this information shared with as many coaches. And I really appreciate you taking the time out, Coach. I know this was a long one, but I think I got a lot out of it. And so were a lot of our listeners. How can, how can I know a, a lot of coaches are going to want to get a hold of you What's the best way to get a hold of uh, Coach Taylor? Um, I would say the best way would be um, either through text or email. Um, you know, if you're if if you're gonna text me, it's seven three two three three nine three zero one nine. I'm usually good with text messages, um, and my email is uh, Coach Taylor Basketball at Gmail. All 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 spelled out. I made it easy. No no extra spaces or anything like that. So just Coach Taylor Basketball at Gmail. And I'll add that to the coaching notes uh, that I have on the podcast. Uh, Coach, thank you so much. Matter of fact, I really would like you to talk to one of my former players that I'm trying to get the coach. She would, I think you'd be a great mentor for, um, if you don't mind. I'd love to have her contact you. I would love it. And because uh, um, I know you're, you'd be a great mentor for her. Uh, she's a great kid. You would love her. It sounds like a plan, um, Coach. I, I enjoyed this. Um, first one I've done. Um, and I just love, I, I love talking basketball and, um, you know, coach to coach. And um, I'm, I'm glad you're doing this and, and you're giving back too. So thank you for everything you're doing. And I hope you keep doing this and um, getting us coaches to share more and talk more because um, we, we definitely need it. So thank you. I, I appreciate this. Yeah, thank yeah, no problem at all. Thank you for sharing your vision. I, I appreciate it. I learned so much and uh Let's try to stay in contact because I, I just I, I got so much out of this. And you're having a great impact on so many people. Coach, thanks for sharing no again. Thank you. All right, thanks, have Coach. a good one. Right, you too. Bye-bye. Thank you. Hi, this is Jeff Jasper, head basketball coach at Pascal Valley High School in New Jersey. If you haven't listened to Kevin's championship podcast, you're missing out. This guy's got a passion for the game, great insights, and he interviews some pretty cool people. 
I must say he interviewed me. I had a lot of fun. Best to all of you. Take care. Hey, coaches. This is Nick Bartlett with Dr. Dish Basketball, and you're listening to the Championship Vision Podcast with Coach Kevin Furtado. Make sure to check us out at drdishbasketball.com and on Twitter and Instagram at at drdishbball for daily basketball drills, tips, inspiration, and how we've revolutionized the basketball shooting machine over here at Dr. Dish. Also mention this podcast and you will receive an exclusive discount on your next Dr. Dish purchase. Thanks for tuning in.